You are listening to an episode of the Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. We are so happy you're here. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on so you don't miss a thing. And if you're a bit late to the party, welcome. Why not pop back and catch up on any episodes you've missed so far? Hello and welcome to episode five of our Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. I am your host, Karen, and each episode I'll be ushering guests into our Beehive pod and teasing stories out of them to share with you. Today I am joined by Paula and Liz. Hello. 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 <laughs> Is this a bit weird for you? Very weird. <laughs> microphones in front of us they're not enjoying it already it's going to be fine I promise you um so before we get into the proper stuff some of our listeners may know you or know of you um but some may not not have any idea who you are at all um so to break the ice and help our listeners get to know a bit about the people behind the voices this is the um section that I have affectionately dubbed the who are ya section um like some kind of weird British football hooligan. Um, but it's just going to be a quick, light-hearted, quick-fire question round. Okay? Yep. Brilliant. Normally, I have 10 questions for my guests, but because I've got two of you today, you are lucky and you only have five each. Woo! Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with Liz. Are they about football? No. Oh. No. Um, I'm going to start with Liz and I'll fire five questions at you and all I need from you is the quickest possible answer you can give me without thinking about it, okay? (laughs) Good luck with this. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Fruit or vegetables? Vegetables. Where were you born? London. What was your favourite subject at school? Oh, English. Wine, red or white? Oh, red. I was expecting you to say both. Well, both, but you didn't give me a choice to say both. It depends on the food, and it depends on the weather, and it depends on the mood. Okay, long ne- Never rosé. Never, never rosé. Never get little Liz a bottle mm. of rosé. Okay, Paula, your turn. Yep. You ready? I am. I'm sorry to say they're not the same questions, so you can't just steal Liz's answers. <laughs> Are you ready? I am. Okay. What's your favourite colour? Blue. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Do you speak any other languages? Yes. French and German. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Spring, summer, autumn or winter? Spring and summer. Oh, double answer. Absolutely. Oh, you like the warmth? I do. Oh, good. And do the you know, new beginnings. I'm, I'm actually really impressed with you both. I was, I was expect. well, I'm glad that we only had five because I was half expecting little Liz to fall off her chair if we had to go any more than just the five. <laughs> you were like gradually leaning Is more and more okay forward. Is it okay to do a high five? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't reach you. The table's too long. Oh, I was going to um, do with Paula. Oh, go for it. High five. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if anyone at home heard that, but that was the most pathetic high five oh. I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay. Paula and Liz, um, you have both been part of the Beehive story since day one, but in varying roles over yep. the years, yeah? Yeah. Um, today, we're specifically talking about referrals, um, but because it's the Beehive birthday this month, um, we're going to be doing some looking back and kind of thinking about some memories and digging into the depths of our brains um, to think about how it was in that pop-up. Um, 
you, Liz, you were a facilitator back um, in the beginning. Yes. Paula, you were on the shop floor. I was, yeah. Um, Liz, you were also on the shop floor, weren't yes, you? Yeah. I was. Because you're an overachiever and you wanted to do both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just wanted to ask you, looking back to October, um, what were your lasting memories of that shop? Well, because I was on the shop floor, I was highly nervous every time I went in. However, I was really excited about going in. And you could just feel the love as you walked in the door. Yeah. Liz, what do you remember? Well, I'd never been in an environment where women were so loved and, and the place was so beautiful. So that was an extraordinary experience for me. Um, I, I just remember the having the opportunity and loving the opportunity to invite people into somewhere where we could help them to be the best they can be. Yeah, it, that that definitely was like the best part, wasn't it? It was completely different to anything that we had ever thought of before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely different to anything that was on the high street or re- like already. And for it, a pop up, the whole environment was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, you just walked into something that you thought had been there for years. Yeah. And, really. and people would uh, walk by, we'd, in, we'd run out and invite them in, and they would just look around and say, wow. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Thinking back, it's just, it's crazy the emotions that it just yes. evokes, isn't yeah, it? You just think back and you already feel like you're there again. Privileged um, to be part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Really. And still part of it. And still Look where we are yeah. now. Goodness exactly. me. Um, so in that month, we actually managed to cram in 26 appointments throughout that month, um, which I think is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you both have this too, um, but every so often I look back on that month when we started and I have at least one specific story that kind of just sticks with me and squeezes my heart and I think back to it mm-hmm. and Liz I know like you're one for stories so I'm sure you have one too like I, I'll probably tell my story another time in another episode but do you have a story that you think about from that first month? Well I, I do remember the women coming in and being able to help them and uh, I remember one in particular but the story I remember most is actually about me and I'm not used to being um, to feeling I'm not used to feeling beautiful myself. It's a bit of a a thing I have about myself. And I'm learning through being at the Beehive to get over that. And uh, I was serving there one day and a young girl from a local primary school walked in. And this is, October was the month of Thousand Hours, the kindness revolution. And she walked in and she came straight up to me and gave me some flowers. Mm, And that was my on the other side of it, story of someone being super kind to me. And I've got a photo of that in the pop-up shop, beautiful background (laughs) pop-up shop. And recently in our new shop, I walked in one day for just for a coffee actually, and there she was all grown up and serving. And I now have a photograph of me with the flowers and her as a primary school child and me with her as um, a young adult serving now at the Beehive. So that's my story. It's all about me, sorry. (laughs) No, 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 but that's important. I think the thing about the Beehive that um, we kind of forget, because we're doing this for other people, we forget what an impact it has on us too. And so every single story that we have, even if it's about someone else, it also impacts us and it changes us a little bit too. So Mm -hmm. I think 
it's, it's, it's also both. taught me from my own personal experience the the joy of kindness mm. yeah I love that. And um, I actually, I took the photo of you with her recently, didn't I? You did. Um, and it is brilliant because you look back um, on the old photo of her really little like you. And um, if you don't know Liz, we affectionately call her Little Liz because she is minuscule. Um, and in this photo with this um, beautiful girl who is um, doing Duke of Edinburgh with us, she is towering over you mm. now. <laughs> and it's nice. amazing. I love She's it. She's still beautiful. She is. Um well, we could we could go on for days talking about the pop up. We could we have stories galore, um, but we're gonna now fast forward to kind of now ish. Um, Paula, nearly two years ago, mm-hmm. um, just as we were finding our way out of lockdown and kind of planning for reopening, you stepped into the role of support worker at the Beehive. I did. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what your role entails? My role entails taking referrals. Um, leading a team of facilitators um, and doing a fair few appointments myself but it also entails networking with some of the agencies Um, and yeah I feel very privileged to be in that role and when I was asked if I would do it I said could I have a couple of days to kind of (laughs) mull it over but within a day, I'd rung Becca and said, yep, yep. I'd love to. So, oh, man. Yeah, it's a huge privilege. It's it's a privilege for us to have yeah, you on the team as well. It's lovely. It's great. Yeah. Um, I, I remember that time when Becca um, when Becca asked you and we were all sitting with, like, bated breath waiting, <laughs> thinking, please, please say yes. So we're really glad to have you on the yeah. team as well. I also remember that occasion because I remember you saying to me, that I found the place where I need to be. Oh, absolutely. It's my sweet spot. It's taken all these years to get me there. But, oh. you know, my whole history has... Been, well, it's like, yeah. That I, my history has led up to, to now. Oh. So looking back, everything I've done in life was a preparation for what I do now. Oh, you've so made Liz lovely. cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much. Hmm. Um. So, all three of us here, we've been in the Beehive since the very beginning. Um, something I think that is really interesting is that over those five years, we've seen the Beehive massively change and adapt. Mm. But the way we do referrals has been pretty consistent since the very beginning. So, other than doing little bits of fine-tuning of like training and data collecting mm. and stuff, it is pretty much exactly the same as when we first started, which I think is pretty cool it means we Mm -hmm. did well from the beginning really um so Paula can you give us a like step-by-step walk through um the process of um someone being referred and then the appointment that comes after that yeah I mean referrals can be walk-ins self-referrals referrals from the church referrals from agencies referrals from friends of friends they come in all shapes and sizes really Mm -hmm. so the referral comes to me usually by email but it can come by telephone call or a text message whatever and then I try and get an appointment as soon as I can for this lady Mm. who comes in and I if I've got background information, then I'll look at my team of facilitators and try to marry up the right facilitator with the right person. 
having said that, they're all brilliant and can work yeah. with anyone. But some somehow, um, usually, the right person is picked for that yeah. referral. That's great. Um, so that's the actual referral. Do you mm-hmm. want me to? Yeah, tell yeah. us about an appointment. What happens? So next? an appointment is booked, and usually I'll send out a reminder to the lady. Um, and there is a meet-up at the Beehive at the agreed time. Always over coffee and cake. Always over coffee and cake, and (laughs) the facilitator will have a form, and usually they will start by welcoming with the coffee and cake, and then they'll just say, look, I have a series of questions. You don't have to answer them if you don't want to. If you feel uncomfortable, we can stop. So they're given a very safe environment. It's usually takes place on the shop floor but in the case of somebody that's incredibly anxious we can go to a quieter place yeah that's Um, the great thing about our new shop isn't it I think we we have so many little places that you could take you could take it if you needed to and usually you ask the lady you know are you happy to sit here or Mm -hmm. where would you like to sit and then the questions are answered if the person is comfortable to sign the form the the, the details are kept at the church. Um, and then the best part happens. <laughs> um, you invite them to choose seven items of clothing, a pair of shoes, a handbag, a piece of jewellery. and But that is discretionary. So if you feel the need is for 20 items, that's yeah. absolutely fine. So when they have chosen items, tried them on, the whole shop floor has encouraged them. Yeah. Um, The items are put through the till, um, rung up, put in a bag beautifully, and a goodie bag of of toiletries is given to them as well, usually actually at the start. Um, And then it's put through with a 100% discount. Yeah. Uh, and then just hand it over to them and usually when I'm doing an appointment I'll say would you like a hug as well and every time (laughs) they've had a hug too so that that, that, you know just yeah and they go away looking incredibly different from the way that they have come in their heads are held high they're feeling loved and when you do the appointment you're feeling elated yeah. that you've spent that hour or so with the person and yeah it's just awesome it's beautiful and um, it just yeah. I think I think it's listening to you say that to me um our values are mm. all about mm. dignity absolutely respect making people feel loved and generosity yeah. and I think you have just encapsulated absolutely every single one of our values mm. into one appointment mm-hmm. and I think that is the most beautiful thing because it changes lives and it's absolutely. more than just the physical clothes it's the experience that they get alongside it. And as Liz said earlier, it changes you doing the appointment. Yeah. You grow as a person and, yeah. you know, you just feel that you've given something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you go home feeling reflective and excited that you made a huge difference to somebody. Yeah. Um, oh. Privilege. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. It's so great. And then you follow up with them afterwards. And if, because sometimes you refer them to other services yep. and that kind of thing as yep. well. Because it's referred. not just 
the one thing. No, we follow up. We, we used to call them to see how things are going. Mm. We have so many now that we, we don't do that unless it's 100% necessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're always told that they can have a second appointment in a different season so they can yeah. come back for winter clothes having had an appointment in summer yeah. and they've been told that they can just contact us if if they need anything brilliant um, and um one of the things that we added this year to mm-hmm. the beehive in general was our memberships and um so if you don't know um then we have a membership where you can pay for a year um and you get points when you spend and um you get perks and events and stuff like that um but we started um when we started that we give our appointments a free membership for a year don't we we do um i think that's such a great thing because i find that there is so much dignity that's wrapped up in being able to buy things for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and so giving them the ability to um, come back in and spend um, and buy things for themselves and get points um, and get all the perks of a member um, for that first year for free like that must feel so great for them yeah and they all all the people that I've facilitated have always said yes please and they love the little card that they take away which is no different from any other member no but very beautiful and Yeah. yeah Your prized possession. May I pull something out of what you said a very, very tiny little bit? Is that you also said that uh, the beehive um, will celebrate with the ladies. And I've seen that on so many occasions for ladies who are happy to have their appointments within the shop floor. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Staff, volunteers and uh, customers coming in I've seen them just applauding these yeah, women as they yeah. come out of the change rooms looking beautiful in their new clothes and they suddenly look around and they're being embraced by a community of complete strangers Absolutely. who are all for them mm. yeah. and it's such a yeah, beautiful right, thing to watch. Yeah. It is. It's very emotional. Yes, it is. Oh, it's so good. Now, um Part of your role is overseeing the facilitators, and we have an incredible team of facilitators. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like they, <laughs> it's jam packed full of women who just—they are skilled, but they also have incredible hearts. Absolutely, they're so great. Big up to our facilitators. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've just said, it's not appointments aren't just like a one-stop shop of saying hello, getting Mm -hmm. their clothes and then sending them on their way. Um, Your facilitators have to dig a little bit for gold. Like they have to be able to draw out the information that they need to give these women the support Mm -hmm. that they need. Um, And it takes, it it does take a little bit of getting used to being able to do that. Um, So when you are looking for new facilitators, you're keeping in mind the vulnerability of some of our clients, um, but also the skills that are needed. What are you looking for in a facilitator and what kind of safeguarding measures Mm. are in place? I look for a wise woman. Most of the people that want to be facilitators approach me. Mm -hmm. And we are a team of wise women. um, so wisdom and discernment, really, and um, people that will 
have confidentiality, mm-hmm. um, will know what to do during that appointment and will know what to do um, when talking with the women because some of the women will offload stuff yeah. to us. Not always, but once they start offloading, they know, need to know what to do with that. Yeah, Because it can so, get heavy. Because it can get heavy. Um, and also, they need to be have the wisdom to know if it's a safeguarding issue yeah Uh, but they know we have a good safeguarding policy in place and they know who to take their concerns to if something cropped up in the conversation that that needed to be addressed but also I think it's safeguarding for the facilitators themselves absolutely Um, when I was a facilitator before I took on the role I used to drive home, sometimes having done a couple of appointments, and all this stuff would be in my mind, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell anyone about it because it was confidential. So when I took on the role, I thought we needed to have support about once every three months, get together, share stories, share concerns, and to actually grow as facilitators. Mm But someone has also volunteered who is a psychologist has offered their services free of charge if any of us feel we need to have a a one-to-one talk um, with somebody who's skilled that will help us through anything that's maybe made us feel traumatised, uncomfortable, extra sad or whatever. It's so yeah, good. So that's there. We haven't had to use it yet, but it's there in yeah. place. I think it's so important. Um, and it, it, it's helpful just knowing that it's there, absolutely, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Um, like you say, it's that coming away from an appointment, from an appointment and you have um, you have done everything that you needed to in that moment, but then it's the processing afterwards yeah. where you think about yeah. kind of everything that you've just heard and the weight of that, and sometimes yeah. you just need to offload. So 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that that's that's in place on a voluntary basis, which is wonderful. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this year, the war in Ukraine has been heavy, and as we began to get more and more Ukrainian settlers in Ashford, Paula, you noticed that our referrals for women who were arriving with little to no possessions yeah. was just increasing dramatically. Yeah. Um. And I remember um, a core team meeting where you were feeding all this back to us and we had this chat about um, about what was going on and you said that both you and your facilitators had realised that you, we needed to offer something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we chatted about um, a trial run of opening up our space um, in this for this informal um, space for a Ukrainian coffee morning. Now, I'm mm-hmm. laughing because... We we could never have anticipated, like the the uptake of people who wanted it, um, but also the impact that it would become yeah. when we were like, oh yeah, let's do a trial run, <laughs> um, because literally from the very first one, it was massive, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Liz. You recently, um, rejoined the facilitators team. And then very quickly stumbled into co-leading this with Paula, which if you know Liz, that's like classic Liz. And boy, am I thankful. Yeah. I mean, these two women in front of me are like such a great 
um, team together. They're absolutely brilliant um, and hilarious. Um, <laughs> but so you stumbled into co-leading this Ukrainian coffee morning with Paula. Um, talk to me about the coffee morning. Um, how has the past six months been for you in facilitating this community? Well, I think the, the, the key thing is to say that uh, Paula leads, but actually what we both do is host. Mm. And uh, I realised that, well, I'm a bit slow on the uptake, but it didn't take me long to realise that hosting was all that was necessary for the, the, the beehive uh, to do its thing, really. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a joy. There've been many tears. Mm. I've got many stories um, but to be part of a place where Ukrainian families, and there are a few men amongst them as well, feel that they can come and gather and meet their fellow country people, yeah. uh, chat in their own language, access services that they so desperately needed. I remember one in the early beginnings said, please, can you help me with forms, forms, forms? And where now all the, the support services across Ashford are coming without even being invited. I yeah. don't think they were invited. It just organically they, happened, yeah. didn't it? It's so organic. It brings joy and it's crazy. But uh, we step back and we host. We, we make sure they have chairs, that they meet up with other people, that they have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so much coffee. So much coffee. And now we even have a, a lot of these families, they're professionals in their own country. What mm. a loss to their country. And what a gain for us, because one of them is a professional baker. Oh, and yeah. she's now started <laughs> mm. to bring treats every week. Yeah. Uh, such joy, amazing treats. But not just for uh, the people who are coming to the coffee morning, but she leaves treats behind for the yeah. Beehive team as well. Mm. and even joy. I mean I walked into the Beehive on Tuesday um, just after the Ukrainian coffee morning had ended and there was a like a gaggle of people drinking Prosecco so yes <laughs> <laughs> there's such celebration and but it's community yes. isn't it and it is community it seemed to just happen straight away it did and I I just want to say thank you to the team on Tuesdays yes. because um, they let us facilitate and host the coffee morning, but yes. they are just working so hard, yeah. making coffees and teas and running around. Know, and and yes. one lady who, her, one volunteer who joined just be beginning of the summer holidays, she just had a real gift with working with the children that came in, the yeah. Ukrainian yes. children. And we had loads of them over the summer. Yes. So yeah. we're really thankful for that team as well. It's um, great. It's the, absolutely wonderful. The, cof the coffee team uh, are just non-stop. No, and all absolutely. we do is to go up to them and just kind of say, latte, Americano, this yeah. and this. And they, they produce them. And then I look around and think, oh, who wanted them? Because by now there's 25 people in the room. Yeah. Um, but they work so hard, the, the volunteers on the And we've Tuesday made morning. so many friends. We get hugs and yes. they are, they're our friends now. It's, yeah. it's just lovely. Really it's so great. It's so great. Yeah. And I think the thing that always comes back for me um, about what you as a team are creating at the Beehive during these coffee mornings, um, both for the Ukrainian settlers, but also the host families, yep. um, you you are creating the whole definition of empathy. Um, because to empathise with someone means having an understanding of their experience 
And for us, we can only empathise so far with these people because really, like none of us, most of us, have never, ever been in the situation even remotely close to what what they've been through and what they're going through. Um, And I think there's a beauty in the humility of being self-aware enough to say, um, we can only empathetically support this group of people to a point. Um, So let's create a space for them where they can come together and support each other over their shared experiences. Um, So it's a massive well done for you guys because you... You've, you've created that safe place for them to support each other where we can only go so it's far. It's a joy to watch, isn't it? It is really? a joy, but I want to also give thanks to some of our, our ladies in particular um, who, in the beginning, they had no English at all. But now we are calling on them time and again when a mm. new person comes. I was able to say on Tuesday, this person is new, will you talk to her in her own language and welcome her? Mm. And then half an hour later you look and the women have embraced each other um, and that that's lovely too. But it is also a place of safety and I think that's really yeah. important. And may I tell a story of one of safety? Sure. Um, when uh, they... They came in one Tuesday morning and one of the the men, he looked quite down and uh, strangely, given their circumstances, they should all look down, but they actually come in with joy Mm. and smile on their faces. I find that extraordinary. But I said, what's the matter today? He said, it's a, a, a national day in our country, but because we're under military law, we cannot celebrate it. Mm. And I said, you're in England now. (laughs) You can celebrate your national day here and now. And out of his backpack came the Ukrainian flag (laughs) with uh, with his village name on it. And they all gathered round and sang the national anthem. And for them to be able to do that was was immense. It was very, very emotional. I love that. as listeners will now be well aware, um, I love some good facts, stats and figures. So I have a couple to share with you today. Um, in the past five years, we've completed over 150 appointments, giving away over £5,000 worth of clothes. And as far as the Ukrainian coffee morning goes, um, to the point of recording this um, across 17 weeks, you've had 353 people through your doors. Wow. Through our oh, doors. Wow. Um, feels like they all come together on one Tuesday morning. <laughs> not, so not, not in one go, not in one go. And I mean, it ranged from like 12 one week to like 32 another. Mm. Um, yes. But isn't that incredible? Absolutely. Like for six months and 353 people who found safety in that Ukrainian coffee morning. And we have a lady that comes from Gravesend because there isn't anything in her area. Yeah. And she's brought in... She's brought in someone else now. Yeah. And uh, one of the um, the Ashaborough Council um, refugee uh, support, support workers has now found an area in, in Gravesend where this lady can now meet with other people mm. in her on her home patch as well. That's so great. Um, there's a lot of networking going on and the support services are accessing us every week and doing an amazing job too. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, Paula and Liz, I could talk to you about this stuff for hours and days. <laughs> Hopefully you'll come back again another time to share some more specific stories, will you? Yeah. Ooh, it hasn't yeah, been such we? a horrible experience. Been good then. Absolutely. <laughs> Not bad. 
well no no I wrote that little bit before you came in oh, so, no. <laughs> hopefully you'll come back hopefully you'll share we more will. specific stories yeah. this has just been like a whistle stop tour through referrals and the appointment side of what goes on at the Beehive so I would love you back um, if you're listening at home and you yourself need an appointment or you know someone else who does drop us an email at hello at beehiveashford.com beehive ashford hello at beehive.ashford.com and we will take it from there the next episode i'll be joined by charlotte so make sure to tune in for that but for now thank you both for being here thank Thank you. you for talking to me but also a massive thank you to you and your whole facilitators team who are incredible thank you for all you do in creating space for people to thrive in ashford thank you thank you Thank you for listening to this episode on Rubies and Gold. You won't want to miss an episode, so make sure you like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on. We'd also love to hear from you. Reach out and tell us your thoughts, or if you have questions to ask, drop us an email at rubiesandgoldpod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or just stop by for coffee one day if you're nearby. We'd love to see you.